So good to look out and see you folks. So many of you we have known for lots of years. Uh, and then many of you are the kids of those that we've known for lots of years. Yes, Pastor, I recall First Calvary Baptist down at the other location when I was a teenager and Ronnie McDonald was running a, a youth program and uh, uh, things like that. Uh, when I was in college, went to Haiti and uh, one of the churches had invited my roommate and I to come and tell about what we saw in Haiti was First Calvary, and that gave us a, a start on um, what it's like to be a missionary on deputation furlough and uh, visit the churches and show pictures and so forth like that. And then uh, right from the beginning when we went, Sylvia and I married, and then uh, we went to Brazil. Um, First Calvary was one of our very first churches, uh, so it's been a long time, and we have appreciated so much <clears throat> you folks and your financial support and your prayer support over the years. It's 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 really been great. It's good to be back here again. This is the first time <clears throat> that I've tried to preach since. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> I've um, done several things at our uh, our church, Faith Baptist in uh, St. Paul, and short-term stuff. But uh, my first attempt at preaching uh, <clears throat> since Sylvia went to heaven. I want to invite your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning. <clears throat> After many years of uh, having a large print um, preaching Bible in the King James, I switched over to the um, English Standard Version as our church um, pretty much has. And um, I got a new Bible, and uh, the print wasn't quite as good, so I got another one a little bigger. And uh, the print keeps shrinking, or else my eyes are... <laughs> I'm finding it kind of difficult to put it uh, down and then uh, look around. So... Um, <clears throat> And then I find the pages. Do you find this with the pages? They seem to stick together on these new Bibles. They're not like the old ones where you could do sword drills. You know, bang, bang, bang. And I find I'm turning two pages at a time sometimes, and they stick together. And uh, so this morning I've switched back to my bigger print. Um <clears throat> I'm reading from the King James, and uh, every once in a while I'll um, 
modernize some of the words. So um, it won't be exact um, on word for word. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 4 <clears throat> is really precious. Uh, verses 6 and 7. It says, God commanded his light to shine out of darkness and has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I'd like to look into that this morning. Let's bow in prayer before we do. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word this morning, we are asking that you will shine in our hearts. Help us to understand your word. We ask, Lord, that you will apply it in our hearts and lives. Make this time be a blessing to each one of us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd remind you, first of all, here, it talks about the gospel, and it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I want to remind you, it is a treasure. The gospel is just how do you describe it in terms of value? Uh, it's it's beyond words. And during these past three months, it, it has been a wonderful reassurance and strength in, in our lives, in my life and the, the family. It's been uh, <clears throat> really proven once again. It is a treasure. When we finish our life here on this earth, we have life in heaven. I've, I've listed a couple of things here, and it's not all. You're going to think of some more after I'm through. That's fine. You go ahead and mark that. But remember this treasure. When we finish life on this earth, we have a life in heaven. Like we would tell the people in Brazil, I remember going to many villages down there that had no gospel witness and told the people, we'd like to come and tell you about the God that created the jungle and the stars and the sky and the fish and the rivers and the trees and tell you about him and about how he wants us to go and live with him up in the sky when we finish our life here on this earth. And it has been a blessing. <clears throat> There's more to it than just what we have on this earth. <clears throat> and then it talks in the scripture about eternal life. Here in this world, we, we just don't keep on forever. Um, some of us, uh, you know, when, when we were teenagers... We were just going to live for almost forever. We we knew that life had a, a an, an ending here on this earth, 
spot. There was a long ways off. And as we've gotten older and older and older, we've gone to funerals. First of our parents' friends. And then it got to be our friends and our age group. And now it's getting to be that some of these funerals don't have a whole lot of people left because um, <clears throat> they've gone on. We re attended a, a funeral about a year ago. Uh, former Sunday school teacher of mine, when I'm just a little kid, she lived to be 103. And she said, <clears throat> not too long, well, she said, along the several years, she said, you know, I'm getting to be kind of worried about my friends that are in heaven because they might think I didn't make it. <laughs> but her time came, and it was, a again, a, a blessed experience to recall that life that had been lived for the glory of the Lord. You know, there we have eternal life. It's going to last forever. And it's through Jesus. First uh, John 5, 11 and 12, some of my favorite verses that are there. He that has a son has life. He that does not have the son does not have life. These things have I written to you that you may know that you have eternal life. And it's right there in the scripture. And it talks on and on so many times about eternal life. <clears throat> we have forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> People don't like to talk about that nowadays. I think back in our earlier days, it was easier to talk about sin. When when we were younger and, and growing up at this, uh, this era, uh, they just want to kind of, you know, never mind about it. Uh, yeah, we make mistakes, but that, that's okay. There, there seems to be loss of sensitivity about offending a holy God who lives in heaven. And somewhere deep down inside of people's conscience, there's still that nagging little something or other that I have fallen short of what God expects, of what God is. I don't match up. And that's what the scripture teaches us. But it also teaches us that we have forgiveness through Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We find in Ephesians 1.17 and Colossians 1.14 and several other places. But a forgiveness to be able to stand before God is a treasure. <clears throat> We've also been reconciled to God. <clears throat> it says God has reconciled us to himself and he has brought us into a 
a fellowship and a relationship. You know what it's like? When, when something goes wrong, oh, between spouses, you say something or do something and, and uh, things just aren't the same. You, there's that hesitation, there's that break in that real close fellowship. And then when we get, we make up, things are better again. That's the way it is with God. And sometimes when uh, we've done something wrong, kids, you know what it's like. (laughs) When mom catches you with a hand in the cookie jar or something comes up, you just don't have that same good feeling until there's that fellowship restored again. And God brings back that reconciliation before you. One of the Christmas songs, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Isn't that the one that says about God and sinners reconciled? Um, Take a look at what that word means. In fact, reconciliation, things are okay between us and God when we have the salvation in Jesus Christ. And then a clean, clear conscience before God. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Romans 5.1 talks about being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know, and, and you know, some people that don't have that inner peace in their relationship with God. There's something not quite right. And God says he will give us that clean, clear conscience before him through the gospel. Victory over sin is another one of those Big, important deals. Sometimes just trying to live the right way. Paul talks about it in the, in the scripture, but I try to do what's right and I fail. And I, I try to do this, I try to do that, and um, we come up short. The, the word for sin. Uh, there's two words in the original. It talks about shooting at a target and missing the mark. And another word used is talking about stepping over a line. Like you step out of bounds. Or you you cross over this, don't do this, and then uh, we do it anyway. Uh, I remember the uh, t-shirt, maybe you've seen him. The devil made me do it. And I think of someone's quip, the devil made me do it the first time. And after that, I did it on my own. Somehow that just takes a grip on our life. But we can have victory over that sin through Jesus Christ. Um, One of our friends in Brazil had uh, 
just a lot of problems and uh, difficulties when he was when he was a little kid. He was taken off into the jungle with his uncle or by his uncle and stayed there for years just as his uncle's pretty much slaves. Um, and then uh, as a teenager, the uncle brought him back. He just, well, away from his mother, away from his family, just just doing whatever. And uh, he said he had an anger, uh, and just a, a broken spirit uh, about this and about these things that happened and about uh, things in general. And one day he came, tears in his eyes. And uh, Lazarus, what, what is it? He says, my sin, my sin. And we talked, we showed him the scripture. And he bowed his head and prayed and asked Jesus to come into his heart and be a savior. Like we had <clears throat> explained over that. A couple of weeks later, he comes to me with kind of a, almost bewildered look or a, a look of wonder. He says, it's gone. It's gone. I said, what? I said, I had that anger in my heart. I, I was just so so angry and, and mad about things, and it's gone. I, I don't feel that way anymore. And that was the effect of the gospel in his life. And the victory that uh, God was giving him. <clears throat> then we have access to God in prayer. Hebrews talks about in chapter 4, Romans 8, um, <clears throat> several things talk about it. But we are able to come before God and talk to him and ask him any response. And he gives us inside that inner peace and help when we go through trials and, and difficulties and we also have other times when we need, need, need other things and God responds if you keep track you notice how God does that <clears throat> you'll find big Blessings, big treasure in that with the gospel. <clears throat> Excuse me, I, I need to take a, a break here and get some water. Every Sunday, he puts a brand new glass up in the pulpit. And the, the pulpit is a little larger, and things hide a little better than that than they, than they do here. But uh, he puts his glass, there's a little uh, napkin that he puts over it and says, fresh. And sometimes there's a date on it. And sometimes that date is a week or too old. <laughs> But usually it's brand new, fresh. 
And uh, he's a jokester. And he has said, now he hasn't done it yet to my knowledge, but he said that one of these days he's going to put a minnow in the glass <laughs> and see if the pastor notices. We shall see. <clears throat> Another of the blessings is having the Spirit of God to guide us. And again, you could go through John 14, 15, 16. There's just point after point after point how the Holy Spirit comes to teach, to help us to understand, to give us that inner feeling. I don't go by feelings, but there is an area of feeling with the gospel. It's not totally blank. There are feelings involved. And the Holy Spirit gives us that inner peace. And sometimes if we ask him that inner leading, as we do different things, God is able and he does it. He does guide us and and help us with day-by-day things through the Spirit of God. I, I don't know how to explain one situation, except I think it was the, the finger of God in it. The uh, 13-foot crocodile that we encountered in Brazil that I was measuring and um, I had a tape measure and I was going around and around and making sure how long this was and how long that and I found out his his head almost as wide as the pulpit here and the top and the different measurements I got. And as I got around him, I started to kneel down by his front foot. And something urged me, not here, go behind his foot. So I went like that. And I knelt down to kneel to to measure the foot. The, The front foot is much smaller than the back foot. Uh... Crocodiles have great big back feet and smaller front feet. I don't know how big the front foot was because as I was kneeling down, uh, I I keep doing it like this too, but I had to be this way with my knee this way. All of a sudden, I was laying on my back and the crocodile was thrashing side to side and then flipping his tail he flips his tail and then his jaws now he had mouth tied shut or I wouldn't have been close <laughs> he was all staked out he was tied up he was dead but he wasn't he was just playing possum but Something urged me not here. If I had knelt down in the front side, his head coming around would have got me in the head. He'd have split my head open. 
as it was, I rolled to get out of his way and looked at him thrashing back and forth. I didn't even want to stand up for fear he um, might get me across the legs. So I just rolled over. And I thought, that looks like my watch laying there. And I looked, and my watch was missing, but my arm was bent like this up here where my watch goes. Oh, maybe you notice the difference here. Uh, yeah, he broke my arm. I got it back. It still works. Uh, I have a reminder. Doesn't bend quite as far. And when I look at that, I think, thank you, Lord, for what could have been. And your, your protection and your help you gave me. And I can still use my, use my arms and my wrist and typing. My typing never was that good anyway, but, uh, uh, God has ways of leading and helping and it is a treasure. <clears throat> but I want to remind us here, Paul reminded us, Oh, I said there's a lot more. There's a lot more to this treasure. You can think of a lot more things and you go ahead and and figure them out. This treasure is in bodies of clay. Jars of clay, it's translated sometimes. Earthen vessels. Containers made out of dirt. As I reminded them in Brazil one time, how did God make Adam? Out of the dust of the ground, out of the, out of the clay. So what was Eve made out of? And one of the ladies, instead of saying, like Adam, out of the same stuff, a lady responded, Hmm. Out of Adam's rib. So man was made out of mud. And the lady was made out of prime rib. Okay, ladies. You can remember that. And guys remember that too. Those wives, those ladies are special. God has given you something very, very special. Prime rib. But remember, it's fragile. Being clay, it's not there forever. Being clay, some things can happen to it. Now, this is a time coming up now at Thanksgiving. And Christmas is coming. And do you still do like it used to be way back when some of us were kids, when it comes time to have the Thanksgiving dinner and the Christmas dinner, what do you eat off of? Paper plates? Or Melmac? But that was the time, used to be the time when mom or grandma 
would get out what? That special china. And it was fancy. And it was very nice. And, and sometimes they would take, I remember, and you could ping it and go ding. It had that special ring to it because it was so extra special. <clears throat> and then when it was eating time, we, we ate, but when it was time to gather everything up, instead of saying, okay, kids, uh, you wash the dishes, the kids were not invited to wash the dishes at Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know why? Because that china was so special. Mom had to handle it herself very carefully. It would chip or it would, if you dropped it, it was gone. And it was so special that it could only be handled by those who know how to do it with very careful hands. I would remind you that our bodies are fragile. Um, the, The... The, the, the composition is, is, you can mess it up. And young people, teenagers, younger ones, remember the, the body needs to be taken care of. I've had so many friends and acquaintances over the years messed around with drugs and uh, played ball with Roger and went back to Brazil and came back and where's Roger? Oh, remember, Roger showed up at church and uh, he'd, he'd had quite a life. He'd been, on, um, he'd been a hippie and he'd done all that stuff Experimented with all that stuff and he destroyed his liver. And, uh, eventually, uh, things were shot and he died at a young age. Got saved. Praise the Lord. Went to heaven. Praise the Lord. But messing around with that <clears throat> did his body in. <clears throat> Fell over in Illinois. The family asked me to sit down with them and him and pleaded with him, please stop your smoking. Oh, I can quit any time. But I just don't want to because it, it helps me, was the word. Went back to Brazil, came back on furlough. I remember the day I called up his number and his wife answered and I says can I talk to Dan his wife says oh didn't you know Dan passed away two years ago with lung cancer 
from the smoking. Had people in Brazil tell me, I want to get saved, but I still smoke and I, I've got to quit smoking and then I can, then I can accept the Lord as my savior. Then I can do that. And I urge them, no, don't, don't wait. You come to the Lord as you are. Just like you are and then let the Lord work on some of these other problems that you have. But can I go to heaven if I smoke? Said, more than one of them. I said, you can go to heaven if you... There's nothing in the Bible that says that you cannot go to heaven if you smoke. And I told them, and sometimes you might even get there earlier if you do because of what that does to your body. It's a danger. We have this treasure but it's in earthen vessels. Take care of those vessels. Now, the reason for all this. It says here that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. The glory is not in the clay, but it's in the craftsman. Now, you might look at, you know, a uh, some of these orangey-brown clay pots and s- that you put flowers in and say, well, yeah. And then you look at the um, chinaware and some of that nice stuff. Say, that's really special. But, you know, life is not about comparing the earthen vessels. It's not a comparison of the clay, but it's about the craftsman. Who made that? And when it's been special, it it shows up. So the question today is, are you a holder of this treasure? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior from sin? Your Savior to take you to heaven? your Savior to be your guide in life and all of these things. We use the term saved. We use the term born again. But it has to do with having Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So my question today is, have you done this? And if you haven't, you think about it. You talk to somebody about it. Let us explain to you what it's about. And make sure you do that. And then another question is, are you a credit to the craftsman? If you are born again, saved, a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ, are you a credit to that craftsmanship that he's done? He wants to make something out of your life. And he can do that. And he can give you what you need in this life. I trust that you'll be thinking about that and that you'll remember the treasure that we have and what God wants to do with us and wants to do with our lives. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll take these words